Here they come! And welcome to episode 133 of Effectively Speaking, the podcast that takes a look at some of the special effects sequences of film and television, either classic, average, or duff. I'm your host, Eric Moore, and today I'm joined by Mark McGee to discuss the effects of Star Trek's The Trouble with Tribbles. They're requesting communication, sir. Nook now, Mark. Uh. Okay. That, apparently, is a welcome in Klingon. I know. I'm, I'm very sad. I do actually have the Klingon dictionary somewhere, but I've not read it for a while. I thought I would start with by saying hello in Klingon. Nook um, yeah, 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 yeah. Apparently, there isn't a word for hello. Nook no. apparently, is some more like, what do you want, or something. It, it actually, if memory serves me well, it means I see you. Well, I don't, so that, I've lost <laughs> that one up, haven't I? <laughs> Straight out the gate and I cock it up. Okay, and there's me trying to be all clever. Nook (laughs) now. I thought, though, your name is very much um, a a Klingon word. Nook now, Mach. You know, it works, doesn't it? That wouldn't work with Eric or Trevor. Doesn't it mean fire? What, Mark? Yeah. I thought that was like a stain. If you have a mark on your trousers, (laughs) it's a stain. In Klingon. Oh, sorry, sorry. I don't know. Mike Akuda would be out there spinning... Somewhere, oh, blimey. <laughs> shaking his head. We've really got off to a good start, haven't we? Hello, 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 Mark. You're right. Yeah, so here we are. We're back at Star Trek. The last time you were on, we were talking Star Trek. We were, yeah. And the Very time before you've spoken Star Trek on this show, uh, that was Star Trek Two. But was. but this is the first time we've ever talked Star Trek TV. You and I. Yes. Yes, it is. Now, I know Alan has a preference for uh, Next Generation, but where do you stand on TV shows? What's your favourite? Deep Space Nine. Is it? That, uh, yeah. that For me, that kind of had... I don't know, it wasn't so nicey-nicey all the time. And um, what's his face? His name I can't remember. Who <laughs> played Cisco? Um I think he matured into the role really well, mm. and it. I just loved how certain elements of it moved away from the sort of we're all lovely and nice to everyone sort of feel of, of next gen. Next gen was fine, but I don't know. It is, it is of its time mm. more so, I think, than, than than Deep Space Nine is. Although it could be said there are some terrible episodes, particularly in the early early seasons. Mm. Um, but, there, but there always were but that I'd have to say that's my favourite although on the back of doing some research for this one I have to say I've binged the original series for the last two nights and I've been thoroughly enjoying it well you are totally in Star Trek mode at the moment aren't absolutely. you um, absolutely when I contacted you what two days ago to say yep. are you free to do a recording what would you like to talk about yep the reason we're talking about this tonight is you're in a bit of a D7 mood right now, aren't you? I, I am, yes. I Having dug out uh, an old Polar Lights 1 in 1000 scale, I think it is, the D7 kits. For some reason, I have, have two and a half. 
at <laughs> various stages of Shall we just explain to our listener what a D7 is? Because we're just uh, assuming people know what a D7 is. Yeah, absolutely. You crack on. <laughs> a D7 <laughs> is the, uh, the, the the official designation for the Klingon battlecruiser that you see yeah. in the original series. Yes, absolutely. Oh, you see fleetingly, yes. Which in its various forms evolved into the version that was eventually seen in the movies as a, as a Katinga, mm. and then obviously brought forward, I think, even into Deep Space Nine in, mm. the, uh, in some of the battle scenes that the, the Katingas were, were thinking. But the D7 smoothie, the sort of manta ray version, that's the that's smoothie, the proper, yes. Yeah, the original. The proper old one. Yeah, yeah the, proper, the proper old one was very smooth, wasn't it? Um, they, they were, yes. Yeah, not, not, not much. I can remember I, I made one, you know, when the AMT kit was out in the 70s. Mm. And yeah, it, it's not an awful lot to put together, and there's not an awful lot of uh, panel lines on it. No. No, so I, I had in my stash, as I, and just to explain to people, I've recently moved, so I'm sort of rediscovering things <laughs> that have been in boxes for, for more years than I care to remember. But I actually found um, a detail set of vinyl, vinyl panels, produced by um, a guy called Lou Damalsko, I think his name is, who's also known as Aztec Dummy, and I watch his stuff on YouTube all the time. Uh, and it's meant to add a bit of detail to the sort of smooth D7 and bring it into, and this is kind of where we ended up with this episode that we're <laughs> looking at, with the um, the version that was seen in the Deep Space Nine episode, um, Trials and Tribulations, mm-hmm. which he's kind of calling a D7 and a half. Yes. Because <laughs> it's, it's a little bit, it's sort of happy medium in between the original smoothie and the, and the more detailed yeah because i said to you a couple of days ago and you said oh can we do something klingon because i'm in a bit of a klingon mood yeah. and i said trouble with tribbles because in yeah. my mind you saw the d7 now i think i in my mind i'm just remembering the blu-ray version that i've got yeah I, it didn't occur to me until i went to watch it this morning i yeah. thought i know i'll watch the original one first and then i'll watch it with the new cgi uh effects not realizing that in the original version they talk about a klingon battle cruiser and it's yeah. a, a, a thousand kilometers away yeah. from the station you never see it never no. see it at all no exactly and um yeah, so even, sorry about even that. in the remaster that's fine even in the remastered one it's only seen in the distance it's it's not sort of in your face mm. uh, oh yes we all fine. yeah we also yeah. have to say that um you you watched it on Netflix, and on Netflix, yes, you can only watch it with the remastered, the new yeah. CGI effects. Yeah, you don't have that option, right. but you found somewhere on YouTube to, yes, to watch it. Yeah, a nice little um, capture from about five years ago that uh, someone's doing a comparison between the two, the original 60s version and the um, the remastered one. I have to say, it's not a, an effects-heavy episode, this one. No, no. Well, 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 you've got the tribbles, and they are yes. an effect, and I've got a few little facts about that. So, so rather than talking okay. about just one sequence, I thought we would talk about the the whole of the story. Yeah. Because it's rollicking good front fun, isn't it? it? It is. And actually, it is one of, I think, my favourite... I think I've got about three or four favourite old, uh, old series... Original series... Old series, I must stop saying that. Original series episodes in Trouble with Tribbles is one of them because it, it's actually a really good story. Mm. 
Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get on, on with it. Let's crack on yep. with it, shall we? And, and we'll get into the episode. They seem to be gorged. Gorged? On my grain? Kirk, I am going to hold you responsible. There must be thousands of them. Hundreds of thousands. One million seven hundred seventy-one thousand five hundred sixty-one. That's assuming one triple, multiplying with an average litter of ten, producing a new generation every twelve hours over a period of three days. And that's assuming that they got here three days ago. And allowing for the amount of grain consumed and the volume of the storage compartment. Kirk, you should have known. You are responsible for turning the development project into a total disaster. Mr. Barris. And I am through being intimidated, Kirk. You have insulted me. You have ignored me. You, you've walked all over me. You have abused your authority and you have rejected my requests. And this, this is a result. Uh, I am going to hold you responsible, Mr. Kirk. Mr. Barris, I'll hold you in irons if you don't shut up. Jim, I think I've got it. All we have to do is quit feeding them. We quit feeding them, they stop breeding. Now he tells me. Yep. This triple is dead. And so are these. A lot of them are dead. A lot of them are alive. But they won't be for long. The logical assumption is that there is something in the grain. Yeah. Bones. I want the triples, the grain, everything analyzed. I want to know what killed these triples. I haven't figured out what keeps them alive yet. All right, if I find out anything, I'll let you know. That isn't going to do you any good, Kirk. This project is ruined, and Starfleet is going to hear about it. And when they do, they will have a board of inquiry, and they will roast you alive. Yes, and I am going to be there, Kirk, to enjoy every minute of it. Yes, until that board of inquiry, I'm still a captain. And as captain, I want two things done. First, find Cyrano Jones, and second... Close that door. Um, and it starts with the Enterprise. It's heading towards this deep space station K7, yeah. um, which is near to the border with the Klingon Empire. And it's also near somewhere called Sherman's Planet, which is, mm. the, is this hotly contested planet by both sides. Um, I don't suppose is that in a neutral zone. I mean, you know, if they if if they both like you know want to take it over and work on it, it can't be in either one of theirs territory, can it? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. At this time, was there a Klingon neutral zone, or was it just a Klingon border? I mean, the Klingons just pop along, and it's not an act of war or an aggression for them to just trundle along to this space station, is it? Yeah. I no. I mean. They talk about the Romulan neutral zone a mm. lot. Like I said, I'm not entirely sure, and there'll be people out there who know this far. Who are screaming at us right now. Yeah, go, yes, there is. No, there isn't. <laughs> yes. you know. But we, of course, you've Pro also got to... be wrong. Yeah, you've got to remember as well, this is only the second time we've ever seen the Klingons. This is the mm. second ever Klingon story, and it's uh, it's almost a spoof, isn't it? It's uh, it, It's yeah. a comedy. You know? Yes, there's some class there's some great lines later on. Yeah. yeah. So um they get this priority one call. A priority one is, is the strongest one that you can get. Yeah. Um and, and, and they rush to the space station they think the Klingons must have attacked. Um and uh, they approach K seven and I thought, you know, each time there's an effect we'll just talk about what it looked like in the original and what it looks like in new. Um now in the original they approach uh the space station K7 and and 
My my abiding memory when I of, of watching the Blu-rays with you know the original effects and then you compare and it's like oh thank God they did that you know because <laughs> sometimes you know the Enterprise can look incredibly fuzzy and out of focus and you know huge great matte lines and stuff like that but when you see that space station the original effects it doesn't look too bad you know there's no, no. wires no visible wires hanging it up it, it it looks absolutely fine I mean it's featureless isn't it it's, again it's another grey shape with not much in the way of detail on it well. I think there were there were some features in there, but you didn't actually get to see them on the on the original. Well, you didn't get that and close to it, not no. that close, did you? No, not at all. And it was also it's very sort of stationary; doesn't move. No, no. The lights flash. Mm. There's flashing lights on 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 the end of those arms, and that cone thing in the middle. I, I'm guessing they're meant to be windows. Are they meant to be windows on that yeah. cone in the middle? Yes, I think right. so. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I mean, as I say, it's a bit bland in its greyness and lack of surface detail. But, you know, no strings. It looks all right, I think. Um, and then you compare it to the new effects. And when, you know, they approach the space station, you can see it in the distance. And, you know, it's much further away. But it comes up really, really fast to yeah. emphasize the speed that they're coming in. Um, and what I like about all the uh, recreations of the effects that we have in this uh, story is the, the the CGI guys that are doing it are being very faithful to the original, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, the, the CGI version is almost an exact recreation of the original model. And I guess they've done that because they know how rabid some Star Trek fans can be. <laughs> if they oh, did anything, yeah. you know, if they did like, you know, the regular space station from Star Trek Two or something like that, there would be an uproar, wouldn't there? Yeah, and I think they, again, I hope we probably talk about it later. There's there's a design history to to how K Seven looks or why K Seven looks like it does. Um, See, but... I'm going to bow to your knowledge because you are far, 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 <laughs> far. I mean, look at the beginning. You knew exactly what I was talking about about the blooming language. You are much more of a Star Trek fan than I am. Oh yeah, but I, I, I hardly admit it. Oh, no, no. oh, it's coming out now, and it's on record. Yeah. <laughs> it's because I've been st stuck indoors for a long time. That's... <laughs> All right. But, but yes. Yeah, so they beam over, and straight away we know it's a comedy, because the guys there, they want security around the storage compartments, and William Shantner, you know, he's huh. having great fun, you know, because yeah. they talk about storage compartments, and he's like, storage compartments, storage compartments, you know. He's almost sending himself up, isn't he? It is. It's almost like you say. It's like almost on parody level with some of some of the uh, sort of the acting. At Watching it now, you know, after all this time, when you see him, when they talk about you know this uh, this quadro triticale, and he's like the what oh, yeah. the what, his performance is exactly like in Airplane Two when he is really <laughs> sending himself up. I mean, it is, isn't it? It's like this is yeah. a dry run for what he would do in Airplane Two. It is, but again, I think it's. He doesn't get to play that sort of side of Kirk or any character, really, does he? Too much. No, no. And I, I, I like this story in that you have got drama, and you know you've got a bit of a mystery and stuff like that. But it, it's so in tongue in cheek. But it's not exactly sending it up, is it? No. There's no, just humour in it, you know. Mm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, this quadro triti Kaylee. It, it's the only earth grain that will grow on Sherman's world. And, and, yeah. and that they fear the Klingons are going to try, try and sabotage it somehow. And nice. while this conversation's going on, they've got a window. And outside, 
you've got a model of the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's the commercially available model just hanging there on a bit of string. Oh, probably, yeah. Because it just, it just stays there. It doesn't move. Now, of course, you know, they've rejigged it for, you know, the, uh, the Blu-ray, the modern version, where yeah. you do actually see the Enterprise moving, don't you? Yes, that's right. It's kind of orbiting the station. Yeah. The guards are sent to uh, guard the storage things. Uh, the crew are given shore leave. And in the bar, Serrano Jones whips his tribble out. Who, uh, <laughs> hey! Yes. Again, after all this time, I Serrano Jones looks to me like a really, really fat Noel Gallagher. <laughs> I find it. I find it very, very distracting. That's Noel Gallagher in space. Oh dear! I don't mm. know. I'll have to. I'll have to. <laughs> I'll have to go with that bit. But yeah, I, I find it interesting. It kind of felt like Serrano Jones was going to be a recurring character or something, because they did spend a lot of time with him in this episode. Well, he does and carry on, almost... doesn't he, into the animated? There is a sequel yes. in the animated yeah. series, but that's mm. right. Yeah, and then, um, but. I suppose they had Harry Mudd, didn't they? So. I was just about to say, they did... Yeah, yeah, they might have done what they did with Harry Mudd and had him turn up a couple of times. Yeah. yeah. Um, that sure. we, we have something that we don't have in the original, in the new version, where you get a nice shot. The Enterprise is really, really close up to the camera yeah. and goes left to right with the uh, K7 in the background. Um, yeah. And uh, then we find out that this, yeah, this Klingon battle cruiser is approaching, and I love the dramatic music. I love that that theme, that for, that Star Trek theme for when you know something dramatic's just about to happen. And um, and it, as I say, it's a real shame, you know, with the original effects, we never ever see this D seven cruiser. No, but again, it's, it says it's taking, it's holding position a thousand kilometres off, off the station. I suppose you wouldn't see it, would you? Well, no, not really, if you think about it. Because it's not that big, is it, a D7? No. Here we go, Mark. How, how big is a D7 compared to the Enterprise? Is it comparable? Um, it's about the same, I think. Is it? Um, <laughs> if I'd have known I was going to get these sort of questions, I'd <laughs> fished out of a couple of books off the shelf, but... Uh... I don't think I've got those books on my shelf. At the All moment. right. If if memory serves me well, and it probably doesn't because I often forget what day it is at the moment, um, it's about the same frame size. Right. Because they were supposed to be sort of... The T7 was developed to combat Starfleet and the Constitution was developed to, to combat the this new... Klingon battle cruiser or something like that. I don't know. There's some convoluted non-canon <laughs> sort of rationale behind it, but they are supposed to be comparable with each other. Okay. All right. Well, they go back over to the space station, and that's where they meet Captain Koloth. Yes, good old Koloth. Who was the the actor playing him? Is he played Tremaine, didn't he, in mm. in, in season one? But here he is as a Klingon. Um, I saw in my research for it that it was actually meant to be John Kolikos was meant to right. reprise his role. Was it Core? Did he play Core? So, yes. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, and he yeah, John Kolikos was meant to be a reoccurring villain. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, you know, a nemesis of Kirk's. Whenever the Klingons arrive, it's always going to be him. And I'm glad they in a way he couldn't do it. He was off filming something else. So so they used this guy. And this guy was meant to go on and and appear in other episodes as Koloth, but um uh he was busy as well 
But mm. that's better because, you know, it's a five-year mission. They're going all over the galaxy, aren't they? they, they you can't keep bumping yeah. into the same person over and over again. No, I think there were three in total, weren't those famous Klingon... And they all began Klingons. with K, didn't they? It's Kang. Kor, Kang. That's it, Kor, Kang and... And Koloth. Koloth, yes. Yes, I think, wasn't he the... I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the scene now where they're on the bridge of the Enterprise and they're sort of talking to the... Um, guy on the station mm. and the sort of lieutenant he whoever is first first in command is there and i think he's he begins with a k as well like something like corax corax <laughs> hang on <laughs> I, I will find out <laughs> all right okay what do you make of these klingons i mean i th- we, we, we touched on this didn't we when we did the star trek the motion picture how radically yes. different the klingon the movie klingons are to um you know the TV ones, but what do you make of these? I have to say, I'm pleased they didn't stick with the original sort of darkening of the skin type stuff mm. that they were doing. That was that because that certainly is not something that could be shown now. No, I think they've they've definitely got that sort of menacing look to them. But they, that they've moved it, away from the Attila the Hun. Cliche yeah. look of the season one, and that, that that's right, yeah, yeah. They just look like sort of angry, <laughs> angry people, yeah. <laughs> I'm not taking any of this, I'm going to wear a gray shirt, yes, yeah, and, and have, a, have a goatee and do Breaking Bad in the in the uh, engine room, yes, Breaking Bad. Um, we, we haven't really talked about the tribbles because, of course, that that was in the bar, that's where you know, that's right. uh, Yahura buys a tribble. Um, do you like tribbles? Yes, I've got one somewhere. I was going to say that was my next question. Do you own one? Does it does I, it make I, a noise? It doesn't anymore because it's probably older than my children. Nah. <laughs> right, <laughs> and they're not children anymore. Right. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Um, so, but you don't know where it is. Uh, it's, I haven't fed it for a while, so that, which is a good thing. That's going to be a manky <laughs> tribble when you rediscover it. it. it like much of my my life, it's in a box somewhere. Yeah, okay. All right. Okay. That's it. Well, Yahura's one has, has had babies. Yes. And um, I do like that moment. Even Spock is in on the gags, you know, because he says, fortunately, I am immune to them, you know, as he just... <laughs> Stares and stares strokes it, yeah. <laughs> and everybody looks at him. You know, it, it is quite endearing, isn't it? You know, it's not forced or anything. No, it is. And again, it's. I think it's just some wonderful writing on this episode where it doesn't quite fall down into pantomime and parody. And it's just the deadpan delivery yeah. <laughs> just works every time. Well, of course, the writer's David Gerald, um, and he wrote this while he was still at college. Um, season oh. se- season one was airing while he was at college, and he wrote to uh, Desilu or or whoever it is to say, "Can I write?" Because he was a big science fiction fan, and um, and they said, "Well, we're we're you, you know we've got all our stories, but we're going to do a second series, send in a pitch, you know." And uh, yeah, it's down to David Gerald all this, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. and I like I like his writing for the whole bar fight that we get. You know, Scotty yeah. and Chekhov against the Klingons. Yeah, that, when we get to that bit, there's, there's a couple of bits that are just great, great for me. On All right, what's the grating bit in the bar fight? Come on. Um, it's the Klingon Scottish accent bit, where he's kind of taking the mick with his Scottish accent, and it's 
You don't need to do that, mate. <laughs> no, no it, that, that, there is that. Yeah, but you could say to some degree James Dohoon, or Doohan was murdering the Scottish accent as well. <laughs> this is very true. Yes, um, and, and, and Walter Koenig is ruining the, the Russian <laughs> accent. That was another thing in this episode, wasn't it? Where, where he was doing the whole, well, of course that was invented by a Russian. Yeah, at the beginning, there's that thing. odd scene at the beginning where practically yeah. everything was invented by... In Russia, even this this grain was invented in Russia. Yeah, and the planet was discovered by by a Russian or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, again, this was a, I think this was an attempt to give him something like a catchphrase, wasn't it? Because it was that sort of era. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah. But so but you don't like the bar fight? I don't mind it. It's all I, right. I, I have to say, the version of it in Deep Space Nine's episode. I actually enjoyed more. And why is that? Because you got to kind of see it from uh, an external observer's point of view. Right. And there's right. just some wonderful playoffs where, where the um, characters from Deep Space Nine are presuming that one of the people sat there in the yellow shirt's Kirk, and mm. it's not. And they're like, oh, look at him. Look, he's letting his subordinates uh, to, you know, do, do all his work for him, and he's just sat there all cool. <laughs> it is clever. The Deep Space Nine episode is clever. I mean, the next bit is when, you know, Kirk is on the Enterprise, he goes to the bridge, and he sits on a Tribble, yeah. and that's when he realises there's Tribbles everywhere, and they've inserted yeah. the, um, what's her face, the Drax? Was it Drax? The, 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 uh, Dax. Dax, yeah. She's yeah. in the background. And, of yeah. course, you can do that, because if you watch the original, that's just, that's just a bit of set there. You can digitally yes. put someone in, and they've done it... Yeah. Even now, I mean, yeah, you know, it's quite a long time since Deep Space Nine, but it, yeah, it holds up quite well. Well, it was uh, mid nineties, wasn't it? it was about ninety six, was it? Because it was to do with the it was ninety six. It, it was an anniversary. Yes, yeah, edition. yeah, yeah. But we'll talk about that that bit later because there's some other stuff that they did. All as right. Well, um, I will say it is Lieutenant Corax. Corax. All right. There you go. You, you, you've been Googling away, haven't you, while we've been talking? <laughs> no, I've just been looking for the tab on the browser oh, that right. I Googled earlier. Okay, all right. <laughs> but there um, you go. I'll tell you what I like. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but, you know, when, when Kirk looks around on the bridge and, it, you know, you've got tribbles on the monitors, you've got tribbles yeah. on the chairs, tribbles on the floor, and you've got that red railing that goes all the way around the bridge, and there's one moving along the bridge, right <laughs> along the railing and you can clearly see what they used and it, it's an old toy walking dog that they've um you know they've taken the skin off of a walking dog and they have put a tribble skin over the top because it's walking like a walking toy dog yeah. and if you watch that scene if you go across if you watch when william shanter goes across he stops it and you can see william shanter he puts his hand underneath it because directly underneath it is the on off switch and he did that deliberately to stop it walking so he can then pick it up and cradle it in his arms. If you look, you can see him do it. He puts his hand under the dribble and flips the switch off. <laughs> Got to love special effects. I it? love it. I, 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 I love things like this, you know. Um, apparently, it was causing all sorts of problems. These walking ones, they had to, you know, do ADR afterwards because the, the, the gears, it's a 60s walking toy. Of course, it's going to uh, make a noise. You know, they had the ADR everything. Authorized. Authentic walking tribble noise, yes. Yes, yeah. I think you'll find that's a marketing plot. That one. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, 
I forgot to say as well, you know, the, the, the new effects every time you see an exterior shot, you have the Enterprise and the D7. You do see yeah. the D7 every time now. It looks about the same distance from the station as the Enterprise is, but no, it's meant to be a thousand kilometres away. Yeah, I think in the, in the remasters when they kind of position it opposite the uh, the position of the Enterprise. Yeah, so yeah, that feels like that. The other side of the uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, they're always like this. But they, is, they've again, got the station between the each other. Yeah, it's yeah. only the distance, but you can still. This is what I love about the design of the of the D seven is you can just tell it is a D seven even just from a small blurry. thing. It's the silhouette, isn't it? Same as it the is. Enterprise. You see the yeah. Enterprise in profile, you know exactly what it is. Yeah, and in fact, if you just draw two circles, two a uh, circle, two cube, uh, three tubes. Yeah, so you've got it. Three yeah. tubes, you've got, yeah. got that. Same with this one, you just need the spoon yeah. <laughs> at the front. I'll tell you what's a bit silly. I mean, we we know they're everywhere. They're all over the Enterprise. And um, Kirk goes to the mess to get something to eat. And the Tribbles are in his chicken sandwich and his coffee. Yeah. But isn't that a food replicator? No, not at that era. It's kind of uh... weird sort of replicate it doesn't replicate the food like in sort of next gen it's like processed behind the scenes and then delivered oh i th- ah see i'm i'm misremembering i thought i th- i thought the uh, replicator was always there yeah. no well they kind of, i don't know if they retconned it in in enterprise oh i don't know and pro- discovery probably did something terrible to the timeline in that okay way. um but originally it was just supposed to be sort of like um creates it behind the scenes i mean if you think about it in the movies they had chefs <laughs> that's a good point yeah 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 no so, that is um, a good point yeah um, so yeah it doesn't surprise me it's in there but it's how it got in there and it wasn't mashed up yes yeah 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 and, and quite happy to be sat in a cup of hot coffee yeah there should have been more <laughs> yeah yes that's true um scotty comes in uh with an armful of them and yeah. saying that they that they're in all the machinery and everything and i saw that this is, I think it's the only time that you can see old James, old Jimmy there, that he's missing a finger. Mm. You can see his missing finger there. Because, of course, he had it blown off on the D-Day landings, didn't he? That, that's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that, and, they, and, they always and it very much, it. Yeah, yeah, and it was very much he didn't sort of show it off at, at all anyway, and even in real life, in interviews. Mm. If you watch the interview with Wogan... Um, I don't know whether he does it subconsciously or, or did it sub- subconsciously or not, but it wasn't sort of like ever brought up. So. Mm, mm. I mean, we're, we're saying that we're enjoying this as a comedy, um, but what do you make about uh, of the you know Kirk and the Hatch scene? Is that a bit too much? Well, yeah, because it's sort of like let me take over. Mm. <laughs> oh, let me do it. And then, then they all fall out, and he's kind of got that very much sort of typical sort of sideways upward glance and the wry smile on his face, like oh, you know. There's obviously an advert break there because they they all come out onto him, and then and then almost immediately he's buried completely, and <laughs> and he comes out the top. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that actually. It could well be. Yeah, I do like the idea of the person whose job it is, who's up in that hatch, you know, every like 10 seconds. Drop, <laughs> Just throwing one out. <laughs> dropping one on his head, you know. But again, this, if you, you watch um, the Deep Space Nine episode, that's explained. Oh, it's so long <laughs> since I've seen it. How is it explained? 
It, that's uh, Cisco and Dax who are oh, in there. Oh, they're up there in the and, grain. In there, and they are hunting through the tribbles for something. I won't spoil the, 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 the right. Part. But they they're just like throwing them about, and every now and they fall through the hatch. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> so, so of course, I think whether they put that in to, I don't know, cover up. Like you obviously say, there's probably a stagehand or something up, someone up there just chuck, chucking them out. Yeah, <laughs> or not, but just the way they tied that together, that was brilliant. I like the idea that the stagehand who's up there maybe didn't like William Shatner and he's thrown him <laughs> with, with, with with all his might, you know, because yeah. he does look, it does make him jump a couple of times because he doesn't know when they're going to come, does he? No, it's not like they just fall out either. No, no, no. Some of them do. That's what I mean. Some of them land with quite a bit of force, you know. Yeah. Um, I like how they land with a baby Yoda noise. It's almost a baby Yoda noise each time each one of them lands. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sure this... Um, the, the actual design of the Tribble influenced in Gremlins, you know, when um, Gizmo gives gets water on him and, you know, that, his skin uh, yeah, fizzes and, bud, and pops. Buds and, them off and they are Tribbles, aren't they? They look just like Tribbles. And yeah. there's a lot of the old Mogwai little noises he makes. Yep. It's not only Baby Yoda, but here as well for the Tribbles. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I would presume so. And, you know, don't feed him, yeah. <laughs> you know, after that's, midnight. Yeah, that's that. true. Yeah. Sort of stuff like but that. But they're dying, though, aren't they? Um, there's something in the grain. And that's uh, right, yeah. we, we find out later that, um, uh, yeah, one of the, uh, uh, no, no, not the aide, isn't he? It's the aide of the He's the one who is there to um, look out for Klingon spies. Yes, and he's that a Klingon himself. Job. He is a Klingon Called Darwin. Yes. Now, it's easy with these Klingons to pass yourself off as a human. You just shave your goatee off, don't you? I know. And that's the other bit. It was like, I, did, this is, I don't know. I can't remember whether that's now or whether it's late. It's, it must be later on, isn't it? Where McCoy gets his tricorder out and goes, oh, the, the temperature's slightly off. And it's like, it's like yeah, it's just because he's got no beard. Isn't yes. It? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, you're a Klingon. I've been watching. I've been watching this. I just had a vision in my sorry. I had a vision in my head then of having a beard on a stick that you just put in front of people's faces. No, no. Yes. Oh my God, you're an undercover Klingon. Yeah, I've been watching that the the latest uh, Star Trek the one on on Netflix. Um, what is it? Star Trek or what, Discovery? Is it Discovery? Yeah, Discovery. And the Klingons in that. You, 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 uh, the, the, there, there is an actual, you know, there was a crew member in that that sur- that was Klingon and surgically Just, changed, wasn't he? Yes. But that 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 was an incredibly painful, yes, process. I don't think yes. this guy Darwin had anything like that, do you? Like you say, just uh, shaved, shaved his goatee uh, off. Had a, had, a sh- <laughs> had a shave and just stopped wearing grey tunics. Yeah. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and and that's it. He's been found out. You know, every everything's over. Panic's over. I think they're very harsh with old um, old Gallagher because uh, they were going to sentence him to twenty years, um, but then he's given the job of picking up every tribble on the space station, which is going to be seventeen years. Yes, that seems a bit harsh. That's probably why we don't see him again, isn't it? But no, what, how are they going to enforce that if they're going to go away again? This well, is the, the other the thing that was tick. Yeah. It always tickled me about the original series as they set these things up, but they never, hardly ever go back. No, no, to check, yeah. to check up on stuff. It looks yeah, like, yeah. Is he still there? Do you think picking up? No, he appears in that animated, <laughs> doesn't he? So he got he got off of K seven at some point. 
in the Spacematic, I believe. In the Spacematic, the shuttle, yeah. The shuttle was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then you've got that whole scene at the end where they're being cagey about what's happened to the triples. Yeah, where have all the triples gone? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and, Kirk, and Kirk's getting really wound up because everyone's kind of not saying where mm. it is. They're all being sort of leaving riddles. Yeah. But eventually Scotty says, well, yeah, he beamed them all across to the engine room of the Klingon ship before it went yeah. into uh, warp speed. Yeah, and they dropped the classic line. <laughs> They'll be what? No triple at all, Captain. No triple at all. Now, that that isn't in the script, but Jimmy, for years, <laughs> said it was his. That was an ad-lib that he did. But uh, David Gerald <laughs> said, no, that was put in by... The producer of Star Trek, Gene L. Coon, actually thought that up and put that in. Because David, <coughs> David Gerald at first didn't like it. And he thought, no, no, I could have written that. But that's just too, too, you know, uh, blatant. It's too funny. Um, but now he, he's grown to appreciate it. Yeah. And I think actually, given the levity of a lot of this episode, it's not too grating a line at the end. Well, no, well, no. It's, it, it's still... <laughs> it, just, it just feels like that whole conversation that they're having in the, um, in, in the transporter room just leads to that line. So. It's building up to it, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we've got to say, I mean, just before that bit happens, the Enterprise leaves K7. Yeah. Um, now, the original effect of that, it's really, really nice. I had forgotten how good some of the original special effects were in Star Trek because this one, the Enterprise is really close up to the camera in, in, in the foreground and you yeah. just see the, the K7 just recede into the distance. Yeah. Really and, nicely and done. It, it is, and it's. I've got the um, split shot now and it's... You know, the, the whole beauty shot <laughs> yeah. the Enterprise, that one. Yeah, and it's really nice. I mean, when they recreated it, when they redid it in CGI, it's essentially the same. The Enterprise leaves, but now you've got the Enterprise's like, to the left of the frame and the K7's to the right, and then, yeah, the K7 yeah. recedes into the distance and the Enterprise comes forward. Yeah, and I think the, the only difference as well is, obviously, is it's, it's sweeping across screen. Mm. You see more of the underneath, whereas it's a lot more of a static sort of movement shot on the original because that's how they had it set up, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. But it's a nice way to end, and you end, do end with a groan. Yeah, that is a terrible line. Wap, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, behind the scenes on this story, um, I don't know how much of this you know, Mark, but uh, there are strong similarities um between this story and sections of a book called The Rolling Stones by okay. Raber A. Heinlein, you know, the man who wrote Starship Troopers. Um, mm. And that's where the people in that story, uh, they, they get for a pet a Martian. These Martians are, creatures are called flat cats, which okay. produce soothing vibrations, okay, and have a calming effect on people. But uh, then they multiply and they overrun the ship. Huh. Okay, that sounds quite familiar. <laughs> quite familiar, yeah. And in the end, they have to offload them, I think, on to, to a mining colony. They just give them to the uh, the, the mining people there. Mm. So, yeah, there was a bit of a cash payment out to Robert Heinlein, you know, Good. for that. So, yeah. Um, get this, right? When, when the script first came in, they briefly, thankfully only briefly, um, considered putting real animals in the tribbles. <laughs> 
I don't know what you would put in there. What animal could you... What are you going to stuff a Tribble with that's going to survive it and will um, fit in there? A mouse with reindeer antlers stapled to its head. That I was thinking something a bit more sensible than that, but I'll go with that. All right, a mouse with antlers, yes, says Mark. Yeah, okay. If anybody, anybody wants to put in what reference, like that, that's two. All right, yeah, put it on the Facebook page. Yes, yes. absolutely. Now, there are two accounts for the idea of uh, what the Tribbles actually look like, okay? According mm. to David Gerald, as I say, the writer of the story, the inspiration for them came from a fluffy keyring owned by Holly Sherman, mm. right? And that's why the planet is called Sherman's, Sherman's Planet. Okay. You know, it was named after her. But the director of this story, Joe Pevney, says he saw a fluffy ball keyring for sale in a drugstore and got the idea for it from there. So you've got two different versions. Or maybe they both saw the same thing roughly the same time, I don't know. Um, but the actual design of it, how long the hair was going to be, the size of it and everything, was from a guy I've mentioned before on this show when we were talking about um, the Cobbermite manoeuvre, um, Wa Chang, who is just a brilliant, brilliantly talented designer and special effect artist, okay? Um, he was the guy, if you don't know, um, who designed the time machine in George Powell's time machine. That was him. Hmm. Um, and on Star Trek, on this show, he designed and built the communicators. He designed and built the Romulan helmets. He designed, he didn't build, but he designed the salt vampire. He uh, designed Baylock in Corbinite Maneuver. He designed the Gorn. He design, designed Spock's harp that he plays, and the one I thought you would really like, Mark, he designed the Romulan Bird of Prey. Hmm. That was him. Okay. But he didn't make the Tribbles. Um, they, they were individually sewn by a lady by the name of Jacqueline Kumer, and she was paid $350 to sew 500 Tribbles <laughs> from synthetic fur and stuff them with foam rubber. 500. That's a slog of a job, isn't it? Yeah. That's, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's hand sewn. Yeah, I'll say about the walking toy dog. Okay, there were actually six of them that could actually walk along. Well, there was one um, in the original bar scene whilst mm -hmm. that was, I think, Chekhov and Uhura were talking to Serrano Jones and Serrano Jones and the bartender were having a bit of a back and forth of how much it was going to cost and they were bargaining. And one of the triples, the triple that's there, was slowly walking over the grain. Mm. And it's, you know, kind of, Chekhov sees it out of the corner of his eye. So that must have been the same thing then. I wonder if they use them on wires, because it would be very easy on fish wire if it's in the distance to actually pull one along like that. Yeah, you know? I don't know. I have to rewatch that scene. See if I can yeah. There was another version which were made by Jim Rugg. Uh, they were the tribbles that were made out of bean bags. Okay, so uh, someone's been thrown at Kirk later. I think they are the ones. I was that that, that for when um, uh, they were sat on by somebody, or if they fall on somebody, so they got to be beanbags. Stunt tribbles. Now, I remember beanbags from when I was at school. They're quite heavy beanbags because yeah. they were full of beans, weren't they? That's why they're called well, beanbags. Yeah, we did used to throw them at each other at school, I seem to recall. Yeah, and the breathing tribbles, uh, obviously didn't have any padding inside. They had like surgical balloons inside oh. them, which were, you know, just blown up and let back out again. Of course they did. Yes. Um, 
Kirk, when he, you know, you see him, you know, uh, in a pile of um, tribbles, um, that was a, a chicken wire pyramid, if you like. Here's a mental image for you. A chicken wire <laughs> pyramid with William Shantner in the middle with his head just sticking out the top, and then they glued tribbles onto the chicken wire frame. Right. Mm. To, to emulate... 500 odd dribbles. Yes. I want to see a behind the scenes photo of William Shanter standing in a chicken wire pyramid. It's like a volcano, and, you know, William Shanter is the lava coming out the top. A Shatner volcano. The Shatner, yes, yeah. Uh, the noises, it says here, the noises that the tribbles make were a combination of dove coos, screech owl cries, and air escaping from balloons. Oh, I just love. I, lo- I love sound effects from this era because it's just a wonderful mixture of yeah. all sorts of stuff going on. Yeah. Some of them survived and some of them went on to be displayed at the Smith- Smithsonian um, National Air and Space Museum in Washington um, in the 90s. But because of, you know, the technology uh, and the materials you had back in the 60s, synthetic fur didn't last very long so so mm. the few original ones that are still around now uh the fur falls out and they're bald so look like <laughs> william shantner now basically <laughs> I, just, I don't like that image in my head <laughs> bald, balding bald, tribbles bald, bald tribbles yeah <laughs> um yes and <laughs> we, we've alluded to it a few times yeah you've got a uh there was a script there was going to be a direct sequel called more troubles and more tribbles more troubles and that was going to be in the third season but it wasn't accepted and that's the script was left over and then you know a few years later when they started that star trek animated series it turned up there and serrano was in that as well um and as you say 30th anniversary of star star trek in 1996 yeah, I've I've watched tonight some clips from it. Um, I've I've only watched it I think when it was shown in '96. I haven't seen it since. And it uh, uh, holds up pretty well. I watched it uh, the other night, sort of in, in prep for this, as well as the original one. And actually, that how they've knitted in <laughs> their story with the original story works really well. Um, and again, it's at that level of levity as well. Yeah, very often throughout it and. It's, it looks like an episode where people were just enjoying themselves in it. And did you say that the the D7, you see the D7 a bit more in yes. that one? Yes. Well, as opposed to the remastered one, which is all CG, what they did was they actually built physical models uh, recreating Deep, uh, Station, Deep Space Station K7 and the uh, D7. Mm-hmm. So those are physical models, um, which are great. Um, I was just reading up on on the K seven model earlier, but the what was the history of the K seven? You said you said something about the design choices for the K seven. Yeah. Well, apparently, from from what from what I've read, and you know, the internet being the source of information, take it as you will. Apparently, it was um, from a Douglas aircraft concept model that was donated to Roddenberry. Um, so. The actual design of the K seven is kind of based on actual concept models for NASA. For, for NASA, for what? For a for space a, station? For a space space habitats, yeah. Ah, right, right. Um, 
and it was made of some weird sort of dense foamy type material. Right. Uh, 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 I don't know. Um, where are we? It, uh, it was Matt Jeffries who did the preliminary designs for mm. it. And actually, from what I was reading, his original design for K7 was a docking ring attached to a central core, which is effectively Deep Space Nine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is what, what turned into that later on. But the whole look of K7, apparently, and again, you know, feel free to tear this information apart if you know more than I do, which you probably do. Um, <laughs> is based on uh, an actual sort of concept designs for real space stations. So, oh, right, right. Which is why it looks the way the way it does. But when they redid the model for the Deep Space Nine episode, they had access to the original sketches and obviously the, the original um, film work. And there were some details that, that were put into it that you didn't see on the original because of the way it was mounted and couldn't move. Right. So, so actually on one side, there's on the cent- central sort of saucer section, on one side there's like a, which looks like a tub, which is supposed to be the hopper for, right. for the storage for the grain, and it actually sticks out a little bit. Right. And and then what they also did was they re- super detailed the shuttle bay, included Serrano Jones's um, space-o-matic <laughs> in there, <laughs> apparently. And they also said, you know, what they didn't realise was the big K7 on the top, you don't really see that no. very well in the original but it was there in the original model. Oh, was they, it? When the, when they were when they were sort of like doing their redo of the model, not the CG one, they said it just didn't look right until we switched the lights on, <laughs> and and then the, the lights kind of hid that uh... big K seven at the top, and that's when they've added sort of like the A, B, and Cs to the externals and uh, right United right. Federation of Planets logos and stuff on there. So they they. They they were kind of doing a massive nod back to how it was done in this, the old days, rather than just relying on CG. This is interesting then because you know on Facebook then I'll be putting up three different versions of the K seven space yeah. station. You know the original, the Deep Space Nine, and now the newer CGI yeah. version. Yeah, absolutely. And there's there's not a huge amount of difference between them, but obviously they they were limited by how they could mount it. Mm. I um, take it yeah. you never had the AMT kit because there was an AMT no. kit of the K7, wasn't there? I, I have to admit, it's not a design that I particularly like. I could have bought one. Does, I could have bought one easily. Me. Yeah, but it's like well, it looks, it's a bit, all a bit bland, isn't it? Well, it's uh, three, <laughs> it's what three, three, three flying saucers with the with some arms <laughs> and a few cones. It, it, it is very fifties. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, but now you've said it's a NASA, you know, inspired design, you know, that it it does look like a product of that time, doesn't it? Yeah. So, hmm. All right. um, Yeah, so what they did was, I think the original was off white. And then for the redo, they kind of gave it a little bit more sort of enterprise related color, which was like a light gray, Mm. greeny. Sort of color to it, and this is the other thing as well with the re- redone D seven for the Deep Space Nine episode. I mean, I because I'm building the model, I'm looking for studio model shots and mm. stuff like that. When you watch the episode and it comes on screen, it looks green and quite dark. Right. But I've found some really high detailed pictures of the studio model that was up for auction, and it's quite pale. Oh right. So <laughs> is that what you're going to quite... go for? Are you going for pale? Yeah, because I quite like the look of the pale and the um, 
pale. I'm, I'm still going to put some green in there because I want that nod to, mm. to the Klingon stars. But it's kind of cop. There's copper highlights on it which you can't see on screen. Um, and obviously, it's a lot more lit on screen. But it's mm. interesting for me how the difference between an actual model and the way it's lit <laughs> yeah. just completely changes what it looks like on on screen. Well, Silarco, sh- anybody? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's that hot pink, isn't it? <laughs> In real life. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, anyway. this is going to be tricky now because we've, we, we, we've got to vote on, on the effects. But when you say effects, what are you talking about? Are you talking about the original effects or the new effects or what? You know? Because I, th- I think the... I don't think there's anything wrong at all with the original effects. No. Um, and the CGI ones, okay, you've got some riffs on it. You know, they've slightly re-angled things and they've put extra things in. But it's all in keeping with it, isn't it? Yeah, it's... it's it's Like you said, they didn't make the decision to radically change anything other than have certain shots that you couldn't have had before and little things in the background. Yeah. Um which, if you if you watch, I think it was the Enterprise incident, the re remastered version of that. There are some quite fundamental changes in there that uh, perhaps would have changed things more. I don't know because I, th- I think personally we should do the original because right. I, I don't think the CG really has changed. No. It. All right then. So there's for the original, such... what what do you reckon for the original? Because I I was really quite surprised how how they still hold up. I mean, you look at like you mentioned that beauty shot of the Enterprise as it flies away from from K seven. That's great. Mm. You know, as it's like really sharp. Yeah, and the Deta- station detailed. looks good as well. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Yes, you look at it and you think, well, they can't. You know, it's it's very sort of straight. <laughs> and then they cut to the stock sort of Enterprise yeah. flying off. But it's, it's, it works well. That's, uh, yeah, as much as I'm not a great fan of the design of the station, it works no, it's a, as it's a, a bit station. Bland, it but screams uh, yeah. station, doesn't it? Yeah. It's not overall. It's very functional. It matches the styling of, of Starfleet that we've seen up yep. to that point. Yep. You know, you can't say that's an alien space station that someone's taken over. That's definitely an Earth station. Mm. Um, I actually think... I mean, it also... You've got to think you've got all the, the triple effects yep. going on in in there. And there's there's a still there's lots of um sort of effect shots where you've got that scene with them on the bridge of the Enterprise talking to the person down on the station and the Enterprise is behind them in the window. Yeah. Even in the original, even though we know it's probably just the like you say the A and T. It's only a model. Showing <laughs> a bunch of puppet. Um <laughs> <laughs> that's the tribbles <laughs> it's a puppet um it's it, it's just little things like that of, uh, just make it work mm. i don't know i quite like it <laughs> effects wise even though you use what 67 did it came out come out 67 66. yes yeah right okay. 66 67 one of them two yeah. so out of 10 it's... with five being average then I'd probably push it towards eight. All right. Because cause it just works. I mean, it's not spectacular. It's not over the top. It's not, wow, oh my God. So, you know, it's not nine, nine, wow. But it's solid. It's, it's, there's hardly any sort of seams to be seen in it. No. So, no. no. Um, yeah. I gave it a seven. 
Okay. All right. So not as generous as you, but I still gave no. it quite high, and that's that's not bad for a 1966-67 TV show. Um, so seven and a half, it is then. Absolutely. I mean, I do think it is. Like I said, I've binge watched a few of the um, other ones, and this one does actually hold up a lot more. <laughs> well, well, you 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 say that, and yes, I agree with you. Uh, but in a couple of weeks' time, uh, we're coming back to Star Trek with Alan for. Uh, <laughs> The, 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 the much-threatened Spock's brain will be coming along. <laughs> I skipped that one. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you say you've been binge-watching. Yeah, there, there's some you, you don't certain, want to binge, do you? Yes, there are certain ones that don't come on the plate. Yeah, Luckily, there's only three seasons to choose. Yes, from. yeah, yeah. God knows what would happen if we went to a fourth. So, yeah, seven and a half tonight. I wonder what's yeah. going to happen in a couple of weeks' time and what rating that yeah. gets, you know? All right, okay, well, thank you for tonight, Mark. No worries. You you, you stay safe, all right? Kapla, as they say. (laughs) Is that goodbye? That means success, which effectively means goodbye. Oh, okay, kapla, not kaplunk. I know kaplunk. (laughs) Kaplunk, But I don't know kapla. All right, kapla it is. Okay. Uh, Absolutely. Right, see you then, Mark. Bye-bye. Toodaloo. Bye, toodaloo. Was that that a Klingon word as well? (laughs) (laughs) 